What's up with our fascination with zombies? I mean, stick around because in this episode, we're going to take a look at some of the history and why they have become the mainstay in our go-to movie monster list of who's who. Okay, let me get this out of the way, first and foremost, about zombies. I mean, for the life of me, I have never understood why people in the movies always fall down when being chased or really meandered after by zombies. You know, only to be overtaken by them and eaten alive. I mean, I'm pretty sure most people could walk at about a normal pace and make short work of putting the distance between them and the walking dead guy that's eyeballing them like a cheeseburger. I mean, that aside... I do enjoy a good zombie movie. I mean, zombies scare me. And I think more than any other monster in the world of cinema. And what's not to be scared of? I mean, the only way to kill them is to destroy the brain. But that means you have to get near them. And that means you run the risk of being bitten and turned into a stumbling, groaning, upright death machine yourself. You know, rotting flesh falling off your decaying corpse as you walk around in an aimless, wandering pattern... You know, that's not really the way I want to go out. I mean, if I'm just being honest about it. Now, no matter what incarnation they have taken over the years, zombies have had a great run in the history of scary and spooky things that go bump in the night. Now, depending on the visionary dreaming these monsters into existence, you get some really cool adaptations of the undead roaming about looking for their next meal. Now, in the Haitian voodoo religion, they have deep folklore that is ripe with accounts and stories of real-life zombies. You know, the dead walk among us is the phrase that comes to my mind. Now, to me, it seems that a zombie is kind of in a state of limbo between the land of the living and the land of the dead. It's almost like a vampire of sorts, with a lot less sophistication. Now, there have been stories and legends and eyewitness accounts of zombies walking about on the face of the earth. And one such account of a real-life zombie made it all the way to the silver screen. Now, I don't know if you've seen it, but some years back, there was a movie, The Serpent and the Rainbow, and it shed a light of sorts on a true-to-life account of what was said to be a real zombie walking among us. And of course, the movie took a lot of creative license with telling the story. I mean, really, so much so that it blurred the line of, of really what parts were true and what parts were fabricated just for the thrill of it. But all in all, I mean, it made for a, a scary little detour into the world of the undead. Now, the story itself was based loosely on the account of an ethnobotanist researcher by the name of Wade Davis. Now, he went in search of this mysterious art of reincarnating the dead through science and magic. Now, through the stories and legends of the voodoo religion, he believed that it was scientifically possible to bring the dead back to life in a zombie-like state. Now, the actual case research was that of a man by the name of Clervius Narcissi. Now, the story itself goes like this. Clavius wasn't feeling well. He goes to the doctor, is then hospitalized, and later dies, and then is buried. Now, here's the weird part. His death was dated in 1962, but then he was seen on the street by his sister in the year 1981. You know, whether this was a real account of a person coming back to life or actually being numbered in The Walking Dead, 
it leads one to question, did he really die or was there something more sinister at play? So to truly understand this part of it, you have to look at the practice of zombification in the voodoo religion. Now, it's really something to marvel over, but then again, it's really something to be frightened of. Think of it this way. The making of a zombie is done to serve a purpose for the one that's carrying out the act. Now, that all begins with the bokor, a voodoo magic man or priest for all intents and purposes. Now, the bokor are said to be able to trap and hold power over the person's spirit and in doing so, wields the authority and the ability to bring the deceased back to life and hold them under their control and in a state of limbo for the length of time of their choosing. Now, how long this time is is usually determined by how much power the magic man actually has. And then after such time, the spirit inhabiting the lifeless vessel returns to its maker, and the dead can finally have peace. So you may be asking yourself, how does the boker do it? How do they actually turn someone into a zombie? Well, it's said to be accomplished through the use of a special powder made from the poison found naturally in pufferfish. And the poison is called tetrodotoxin. And they use this with a mixture of hallucinogens. Now, the poison is said to put a person into a deep, comatose state that resembles death. Now, the pseudo-death state mimics that of a deceased person so closely that it has fooled doctors into pronouncing the person has expired and gone on to the great beyond. Now, this is where this goes back to the beginning of, of where we started. You know, the bokor and the person actually performing the act of zombification. You know, once the person is pronounced dead and buried, from all accounts, they're dug up by the voodoo priest or his henchman, if you will, and he's used in slave labor or different things of that nature or for another purpose, maybe to carry out some nefarious deed that he has planned. And who better to do that than a zombie or someone that's returned from the dead to do his bidding? So when you look at zombies in the voodoo religion, I mean, they're, they're nothing like what is glamorized by Hollywood. You know, zombies in the real sense of the word seem tame and not really the stuff of nightmares. But when you take it and you throw it in the blender of pop culture and you add a dash of Hollywood, it then becomes the scary stuff that makes you second-guess long walks in the woods at midnight. Now, thanks to George Romero, zombies have become a mainstay in popular horror culture. His movie, Night of the Living Dead, released in 1968, set the stage for an all-out invasion of the living dead roaming through our nightmares. Now, interestingly enough, it wasn't Romero that used the word zombie in his movie to distinguish the undead from the living, it was the fans of the movie sometime later that applied the term to them. And as such, a genre was born that would last until this very day. Now, in most zombie fantasy movies, the undead are due to or created by some catastrophic event, usually taking the form of a viral outbreak. And there's even been twists where it's a nuclear holocaust or it's, it's some cataclysmic event that creates this zombie. And the viral outbreak starts with just one. And then it multiplies like wildfire until there are only a few survivors left to fend them off and save humanity as we know it. Now, one of my favorite long-running shows is The Walking Dead. And now this one follows the outline of the classic zombie outbreak scenario. And the survivors are left banding together to reform the basis of a normal society, or really as normal as you could expect with all of the dead and rotting corpses roaming around. Now, through the years, zombie popularity has risen and fallen. I mean, it's like most everything else. It's either in fashion or it's not. 
And through the years, there have been some really good adaptations of the classic zombie story. A few of those would be World War Z, 28 Days Later, Resident Evil, and of course, my current favorite, The Walking Dead. Now, these are all great twists on the classic and all have a different presentation style while still paying homage to Romero's classic, Night of the Living Dead. You know, Hollywood makes some fascinating movies. Uh, They tell such a visual story. But I think the glamorized version of the undead, you know, the one that we immediately visualize in our minds, doesn't convey the real representation of what a zombie is. And in all honesty, I think most people would be in for a serious letdown if a zombie apocalypse actually happened. I mean, really. Walk. Don't run. You might fall and be caught and eaten alive by a zombie. So there you have it. Zombies in popular culture. I love zombie movies. I love the zombie stories. I especially love The Walking Dead. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. And I know there's a love-hate relationship with The Walking Dead. You either like it or you don't. But I've been with it since the episode one, and I've got to see it through to the end. No matter how that ends or how much of a beautiful letdown that might be for me. So what's your thought on zombies? Would you like to see a zombie apocalypse happen? I think it's kind of happening already. (laughs) We have a lot of mindless people walking around these days that can't think for themselves. And to some people, that would be a zombie apocalypse. But in all reality, I think zombies are fascinating. They're they're fascinating to watch. They're fascinating to talk about. I I sit there and think about it. Really, I made a joke about it at the beginning. You know, I'm just really overwhelmed and just kind of flabbergasted to watch, you know, people running and falling down. Just walk. You can get away from them. There's no real rush. They move real slow, unless you're talking about the World War Z or the 28 Days Later, or even the ones in Resident Evil, them little fast creatures that come after you. Now, that would be scary to see. But, you know, in the classic sense of the term, zombie, we don't have too much to worry about. So, I hope you've enjoyed this little episode. We kind of went through history quick on this one, just to kind of give you some overview and insight of what a zombie is and you know, a couple of my favorite movies, but what's your favorite horror movie? What's your favorite horror genre? Is it zombies? Is it vampires? Is it werewolves? What is it that really scares you? I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at beardedguypodcast at gmail.com. That's beardedguypodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, if you got some time to kill on Sunday afternoon, about 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, come by my YouTube channel and hang out with us on the Sunday show. It's a live stream podcasting event that I do every week about 12 p.m. We just hang out and I like like to uh, get in there and show some different content, talk about some different things. And, you know, I love the comments from the viewers and those who join the live streams. So please think about joining us one Sunday. I'll leave the link to my YouTube page in the story notes here or the show notes here. So just click on the link. It'll take you right there. And while you're there, if you like the content that you see, please subscribe. Hit the notifications bell, and that way when I do go live and the Sunday show comes on, you get the notification, you can come join us. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to give this podcast a listen. I hope I got that gray matter in your head stirring. Maybe you get that that spooky feeling stirring in you for Halloween. It's coming up. It's just around the corner. Don't forget, we're having a full moon on Saturday, Halloween this year. So get out and enjoy it. Enjoy the frights and sights and enjoy all the stuff that goes into the holiday. So thank you so much for coming by. I do appreciate it. I appreciate my listeners more than you know, and I just can't say thank you enough. So it's always my hope that you have a great day, a better day tomorrow, and a wonderful week ahead of you. And until next time, this is the Bearded Guy Podcast.